The Bible, a queer reading with Jennifer Suzanne Leith. A reading of Christian scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis 4. Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel for his part brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said, to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and anyone who meets me may kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who came upon him would kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and named it Enoch after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mehujael, and Mehujael the father of Methushael, and Methushael the father of Lamech. Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zillah. Ada bore Jabel. He was the ancestor of those who live in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the ancestor of all those who play the lyre and pipe. Zillah bore Tubal Cain, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. The sister of Tubal Cain was Nema. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. 
Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another child instead of Abel, because Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to invoke the name of the Lord. Genesis 4 Basic Instructions If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Genesis 4, 7 The murderous proclivities of humans and the gracious capacities of God are revealed in Genesis 4. In reality, the grace of God was already manifested in Genesis 3, when the promise of death to the man and woman who ate of the forbidden fruit was suspended. Yet, after killing his brother Abel, it is not enough that God allows Cain to live. Cain presses upon God for a degree of protection, such that in his exile he will not be slain. Cain will not pay the price he demanded from his brother. There is no eye for an eye retribution here. There is no clear path for just repair. Cain has killed Abel. Abel is dead. Cain is still alive. And God promises a sevenfold vengeance upon anyone who kills Cain in verse 15. Then a descendant of Cain, Lamech, kills again. This time, the murder is not the result of envy, but a response to a non-lethal attack. This is not self-defense. This is anger, offense, embarrassment, surprise, and or arrogance. Lamech insists that he is protected by a 77-fold vengeance, if any harm comes to him, in verse 24. Then Adam and Eve bear Seth, who bears Enosh, and it is in the time of Enosh that people begin to call on the name of the Lord. Surely calling on the name of the Lord might have been helpful before this point. That, and, is worth mentioning that Lamech offers us the first example of a man in the Hebrew scriptures who, in its record, has more than one wife. Lamech's two wives, Genesis 4 notes, are Ada and Zillah. We might note this as an early example of a civil precept, or at least a civil practice, that does not apply or is not formally practiced, at least not for most Christians in most of what we call North America and Europe. When we teach against sex before marriage or that men or men and women should take only one spouse, is it enough to invo invoke the household codes of the New Testament in defense of these mores? While Jesus spoke against divorce and adultery, he did not speak against polygamy, though some will make the stretch and say that the Matthew 19 invocation of Genesis 2.24 is strong enough. In fact, when Jesus was tested in Matthew 22 on whose wife a woman with seven deceased husbands would be in heaven. Jesus made it plain that those inquiring were missing the point and that the answer to this question is irrelevant in heaven. Jesus suggests that there is no marriage in heaven. So when we read Genesis 4, do we just gloss over this aspect of Lamech's household as an incident of his time, permissible for his context, normative because it is recorded in the Bible without judgment? Or can we acknowledge that sexual mores change over time, and perhaps hellfire and damnation need not be ascribed to, to then or now? Uh, but these mores can and should adapt, um, that they might best affirm the human dignity of all people of all genders. Could it be? Still, there are some basic instructions given to Cain. 
placed in the mouth of God to Cain before he has killed Abel. That may help us today and clarify the good news of this text. What's the good news? There are some ethical principles that are useful in diverse contexts and circumstances. First, when God asks Cain rhetorically, if you do well, will you not be accepted? God simply seems to be saying, do your best. We all know that unfortunately we do our best and still are not accepted sometimes. However, doing our best uh, to do the right thing is always the best starting point. Second, watch out for sin when you fail or fall short. God points out, quote, if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. In other words, not doing well or our best is not itself a sin. Sometimes we do not do well. Sometimes we do not do our best. This is not sin per se, but this does become occasion for sin. Failing and falling short are not necessarily themselves sin. How we respond when we fail and fall short can easily become sin. Third, master sin. How do we do this? We do our best when we have the occasion to exercise our moral agency and perform faithfully again. We do not submit to, lean into, act according to the sentiments that swell when we have not done well or not done our best. Mastering sin is a matter of looking toward and following through on the next best way to honor God and love God with all our heart, mind, strength, soul, and being, and to love our neighbors sisters, brothers, and siblings as we love ourselves. And God loves each of us. Sure, there's grace. However, there are also some basic instructions that can help us keep the news good, keep from needing grace, what we do not deserve, and keep from needing mercy, protection from what we do deserve.